welcome back once again to Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund, joined by my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, J.O. How are you doing, man? Doing all right, Sig Daddy. Doing all right. Glad to be back again. Yep, and we were back together once again uh, last week for our WrestleMania 38 reaction. Had a lot of fun with that. It was very, very interesting to talk about the uh, two-night WrestleMania that was probably one of the best WrestleManias I've seen in quite a long time. Definitely one to definitely on the higher end of manias just i cannot love stress enough how much it is easier to watch with the two night format i makes it even better it was very very good show very fun you can hear more about our comments on that wrestlemania on wrestlemania 38 in the archives on podbean apple podcast spotify the iHeartRadio radio app wherever you get your podcast but our topic today is Will WWE crowds eventually turn on Cody Rhodes like AEW crowds did? We'll dive into that here in a little bit, but I want to give a plug to Kyle from the Apron Bump podcast. I'll be joining his show on Thursday to, to talk about two Ring of Honor shows from 2003, Expect the Unexpected and Night of Champions. Looking forward to joining Kyle on that show. Yeah, stay tuned. And uh, be ready to uh, listen to that. Kyle and I talking about Ring of Honor 2003, Expect the Unexpected and Night of Champions. Can't wait to come on his show. So stay tuned for that wherever you get your podcast from the Apron Bump podcast, that is. But uh, first topic I wanted to get into today before we really dive into Cody Rhodes, uh, we'll talk about multiple topics. There's a lot to talk about from this past week. But uh, first, we talk about the uh, NXT uh, tag champ, Nash Carter, former tag champ now, Nash Carter, uh, gets released after a wife's uh, abuse allegations. His wife, uh, his soon-to-be ex-wife, Kimberly, um, it was was detailed in an article by Joseph Courier. Uh, it was on sportsillustrated.com, but he's from Joseph Courier from the Wrestling Observer. He was talking about how a po- photo was posted by Kimberly alleging abuse from Carter, claiming he got wasted and hit me so my so hard my lip split open. There was pictures on Twitter. Um, he continues, she continues with, told me I'm a wrestler, so she's always marked up. I've hid this for a year and even forgave him, but can't hide it anymore. She's also tweeted a photo of Carter that was uh, imitating Adolf Hitler and making a Nazi salute that might've played a part in his release as well. Not sure, but, uh, and the photo, the date of that photo is not, um, there's no exact date on when that photo was taken. I I've heard that it was quite a long time ago, but, Mm. uh, but then there was the weird thing about this J.O. was MSK, the tag team of Nash Carter, and uh, Wesley, they had just won the tag titles at Stand and Deliver back on WrestleMania weekend. And that was right, I think, around the time. I think the pictures were, all, were already released at that point. The, uh, the, uh, the supposed uh, the busted lip and such. Um, but then there's conflicting things where Wesley's, uh, Wesley, who is, who is Carter's partner, 
his wife uh, had been claiming his innocence, uh, Nash Carter's. And according to her, Lee got served divorce papers and turned to Twitter because she doesn't want to be with her anymore. And uh, Lee reacted apparently by ripping up his posters that were one of a kind with signatures. And uh, then she continues by saying Kimber also claimed that she doesn't know uh, Wesley's wife and stuff, even though there is photographic evidence that they have met multiple times. And there's uh, Instagram picture comments along that stuff. It's, it's, uh, it's quite an interesting and very, very complicated situation. Yeah, definitely sounds like there's a lot going on there. And if I may say, though, the thing that it's the one that I read, it was reporting from it. This wasn't from his report, but it was quoting something that Meltzer said. It was actually leaning more towards the photo as it was the domestic violence. They where it really said it was the photo that got him canned. Yeah, it's it's a very complicated situation. The legal system needs to figure this out before anybody makes any determination on what really happened it here but uh it's a very very unfortunate situation and but uh in more brighter news though recently so we saw Samoa Joe's return uh he showed up at Ring of Honor not return well kind of a return really uh, his return <laughs> at uh Supercard of Honor uh confronting Jay Lethal but uh he debuted this past week on AEW Dynamite back on last Wednesday, he absolutely wrecked Max Car- Max Caster. Max Caster had a really good rap about him uh, coming as he was walking to the ring, and Samoa Joe's facials were absolutely hilarious because he was pretty much, Joe was like, yep, I kind of agree with that. I kind of agree with that. But Joe was an absolute freaking monster during this match. He even, at the beginning of the match, he backs Caster in the mo- corner, and he does the shmoney dance. And if you ever heard that song by uh, Bobby Shmurda, you know you should know the dance. <laughs> uh, I definitely know the dance. I'm gonna have to try to find this clip later to see it. I would love, I would love that to see that image. And dude, Samoa Joe, man, that was a great get for AEW. Definitely, it definitely is. I mean, it's Samoa Joe, uh, crazy talented. I think pretty good on the mic as well. One of the best promo guys in the game. Yeah. Most believable guys. Believable. That's a good way of saying that. That's a, that's a good way of explaining that. I definitely believe Samoa Joe if he says he's going to kill me. So. <laughs> like his, pro, yeah. like the people tweet his, like his promos from WWE for back in the day, how he like really set Brock off one time. That and like he was just bashing everybody in the ring. I think this was prior to Kofi's elimination chamber run. Mm. But my goodness, this dude is unbelievable. Dude can still freaking go. He had a really good showing, I thought, in his uh, debut match. It was a squash, but still, he looked fantastic. Yeah, he definitely definitely has a lot of a lot of time left in him. But uh, Tony Khan, my goodness, this guy's just ridiculous. He, he woke up on, uh, I think it was Friday, and he's like, I'm going to choose violence today. I am going <laughs> to choose violence. I am going to book Samoa Joe versus Minoru Suzuki next week on Dynamite for the Ring of Honor television title. 
I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna sign someone and a pretty decent someone, and there's already a list of dream matches that people want to see, might as well start out with a big one. My God, could it got <laughs> could have gotten can't get much bigger than that. This is like this is dream match central. These two are going to beat the ever loving crap out of one another next week. This week, I mean. I say that's the plan, hopefully. But Minoru Suzuki is, well, he's a badass. King of Pancrase at one point. Both of them with mixed martial arts backgrounds. They are going to lay into one another. There is, it's going to be a stiff encounter, to say the least, coming up this week on Dynamite. Stiff indeed. My goodness. And just to add on to AEW had a really good week, by the way. WWE had a really good week last week. So did AEW as well. Uh, FTR and Young Bucks. What else can I say? Uh, Another classic. Another classic tag team match. My freaking goodness. These two are quite possibly the best tag teams in the world right now. I would agree. I mean, it FTR took me some delivered time. two classics in a week. Yeah, because I was going to say it took me some time to find like dig and kind of realize like, wow, FTR is pretty damn good. Because of course, from their time in WWE, if that was the, your only time seeing them, like it was for me, you really didn't think of them highly. You didn't really think of them that highly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're they're good. They're pretty damn good. Oh, when they their NXT run, that's where a lot of their notoriety came from initially. But then their right. WWE main roster run, you didn't get to see a whole lot of that because you know on the main roster with WWE, it's it's no there's no secret to it. it Vince doesn't really care all that much about tag wrestling for the most part. No, he doesn't. Yeah, because I was gonna say it's hard to come from NXT to the main roster and thrive initially, but then add to the, add the fact that you're a tag team. Oof. That's, that's even more tough. Like it's yeah, but they, for some reason, FTR and the young bucks, these are two contrasting styles. Very, very contrasting styles. FTR is old school as old school can get as a tag team. The Young Bucks, high-flying, up-tempo, everything you can, you'll ever see. But, uh, goodness gracious, FTR, we, a couple days prior, uh, it was about five days prior to this Dynamite match they had for the uh, AAA tag titles and the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles, they uh, put on a freaking absolute classic with uh, the Briscoes, Jay and Mark, at a Supercard of Honor. Just crazy. Tag team wrestling is not dead, folks. Not by a long shot. Oh, no, yeah. Not, not nobody ever said it was dead, but I'm saying it is thriving uh, outside of WWE. WWE's not – they don't have a bad tag team division right now, but they're lacking depth. That's that's all say that. Yeah, it's – uh, tag team wrestling is dead if all you watched was WWE for a while. But yeah, outside of the big dog, there's definitely some great tag team wrestling going on out going on out there. And like the thing was with this FTR Young Bucks match, I'm gonna just briefly 
talk about it, but they, they had one match a couple years ago at a full gear, 2020. That was kind of an ode to tag team wrestlings where they, bro- where they broke out all the, uh, like uh, all the legendary tag teams, finishers and stuff. They broke those out. This was a completely different style match. Fan freaking tastic. It was like they did, they, they somehow delivered another classic, but in a different way than they did the first time. Oh, sorry. Can you say that again? I, Oh, well, I was, what I was saying was they delivered a classic in a different style than they did the first, like different way they did it the first time. Like I said, the first time, was kind of an ode, a tip of the cap to tag team wrestling because they used all these uh, legendary tag teams finishers in the match. This time it was completely different from that, and they were still able to just put on a classic. I mean, that that's the mark of a good tag team is the, the fact that they can adapt this style that they normal, they usually don't do and still put on a pretty decent match. And they can tell a different story. They told a different story yeah. this time. Which just go out of your way to watch it. I I'm I, I wouldn't I'm not gonna do the match justice on here. We're not going to on here. Just go out and find it yourself and go watch it. It's 20 minutes of magic, as well as this from AEW Rampage this last Friday. So John Moxley and Wheeler Yuta are in the main event. Uh so Wheeler Yuta has been part of this group called Best Friends, if just to catch you up. Um, Trent faced Brian Danielson early on as the opener to the show. Danielson beats him. Trent's not liking Wheeler Yuta at this point. Is excuse me, a part of the faction, best friends. And Regal slapped him in the face. Uh, Yuta last week after he lost to uh, Brian Danielson. William Regal did as uh, Yuta was trying to extend his hand. So we Regal just slapped him across the face super hard. But, uh, Yuta, he's trying to earn respect here. And he certainly did here. He had, he was bloody beyond belief. He had a crimson mask in this one. Yeah, I saw a few picks from the from the match, and it definitely looked rough. They recreated the uh Steve Austin uh, Bret Hart sharpshooter spot. But it was a really? clover. Moxley had a clover leaf in, and then Yuta, like, you know how Austin rose up from his arms. Yuta did the same thing with the bloody face as well in this. Wow. And it, it was super cool. Yuta kicked out first of the uh, DDT, the double arm DDT, but was that was shocking enough as it was. Because he wanted to earn Moxley's respect, wanted to earn, wanted to be part of the Blackpool Combat Club. He wanted to earn those guys' respect. He and Yuta started this match on fire because he shot through the ropes and dove onto Moxley. Um, but as he went on to the match, like he said, he hit the D, double arm DDT, the the Death Rider. I, I don't know if it's a Death Rider, but the, I think it's called the Death Rider. And then the, but then it was even more shocking that Yuta kicked out. Of the paradigm shift. That's game over every time. Where he, he kicked out some, a boat. Yeah, he lifted like the the I think the Death Rider is just kind of a double arm DDT quick drop. Paradigm shifts where he lifts him up and pretty much just drops him on his head. Like lifts him up vertically and drops him on his head. You'd have kicked out of that even. Wow. And that so, is some because it that he's 
from what I uh, can tell, that move is pretty protected. Yeah, it's pretty protected, but they let you to kick out of that there, which made it super special. It made him feel like a star. And this guy had been wow. mostly a mid-carder who's getting beat up by everybody, practically a jobber almost in AEW. He's been pretty much getting beaten up by everybody. But here he really got to show his potential, and it really was like this was a star-making performance for this guy. This match only went 12 minutes. But my freaking goodness, what they were able to pack in that 12 minutes made this guy look like a freaking star and on close to Moxley's level. It was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, by the end of it, after Moxley chokes him out, uh, Yuta taps out. He had no choice but to tap out uh, to the bulldog choke. Um, Regal actually shook his hand. And they wrote BCC. He wrote BCC on his chest in blood, did Wheeler Yuta. Oh, wow. That's yeah. that's pretty cool. It, it was pretty badass. It, it, was, it was super cool. Another match you should all go and check out is from this past weekend's Rampage. Um, definitely recommend to check it out. Like I said, AEW had a really good week as well as WWE. It's nice when both companies have a, have a great week. Oh, just a good week for wrestling overall. It's awesome. It's yeah. fantastic. Um, so here, here we are. Um, WWE posted today. This is Monday. We're recording this. But I was talking about uh, Sports Kita posted a thing from, I think it was some um, Sports Kita. The core source was Conviva. Um, they did some social media numbers. And uh, Sportskeeda posted the graphic. Is uh, Conviva was the one who gathered the stats. But uh, WrestleMania 38 defeated the Super Bowl on the uh, social media field. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, if you look at it in certain ways, but there you got to look at it. There's there somebody made a comment on it, and I'll I'll get into it here in a second. But impressions WrestleMania 2.2 billion, Super Bowl 1.8 billion. Video views, 1.1 billion for WWE, 618 for the Super Bowl. 13.1 million hours video watch time, Super Bowl, 3.56 million hours. Engagements, 87 million for the for WrestleMania, Super Bowl, 78 million. Impressive nonetheless, but uh, they're like, there's, tell me how you feel about it first. I'll, I'll get it, dive in afterward. I'm trying to think how, because of course it's WWE, they're not 100% authentic or honest with numbers like that. So I'm trying to think how they can inflate it. I don't think that's inflated. That's actually from like a source. So I think that's okay. I mean, it's there, there's WWE's always pretty uh, been good with their social media uh, presence because, uh, uh, when I was having trouble watching Mania, they were on top with their posts of of updates. Of course, they couldn't post videos, which kind of bummed me out. But like up to like play by, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say play by plays up to up to the minute updates. I think they're pretty good on their social media. They have a pretty solid social media team. Um, like what I was thinking here is, so somebody made the point where Super Bowl is just one night. 
And uh, Super Bowl is also to mainly just an American audience. While WWE I'm, is two nights and to a worldwide audience. Okay. I see, yep. I didn't. Th- okay. Yeah. I see. I see what they were saying for that. But even with that, those are still solid numbers. Those are really, you know, they're really great numbers. I was just saying that's interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting like dichotomy between the two because it's like, okay, that makes, that's kind of, it's, those are really good numbers, but, but still good numbers nonetheless. Yeah. yeah when you think about that and the, the, cause it was WWE that posted it saying, that mentioned the Super Bowl, right? Like we beat the Super Bowl in all of these. I think it may have. I, I just the graphic I saw was from Sports Kita, but uh, I don't know. They may have posted it. I wasn't really paying attention to it too much. I just saw that graphic on Twitter today. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And uh, but yeah, that's true. When you look at it that way, it kind of takes away the whole yeah, we beat the Super Bowl, but did you though? Like, did you really? Because you were the Super Bowl was what three hours and this was uh what eight, yeah, but it's whatever. It's cool though. It's really cool. Their social media presence is super powerful worldwide audience. So good hats off to WWE for that, and uh, hats off to these uh, couples. So last weekend, this last week, uh, Alexa Bliss and Ryan Cabrera got married. You remember Ryan Cabrera? From, like I think he had like a little bit of a musical run in 2000 early 2000s uh, Alexa Bliss and him got married uh, this past week as well as Carmella and Corey Graves so congratulations to both the happy couples and uh, Jerry Lawler is replacing uh, Corey Graves for the time being on raw commentary color commentary but uh, congrats to the happy wow, couples so he has to go on his honeymoon mm-hmm got to get the honeymoon in man got to get it in because uh, Carmella that wasn't Carmella's actual wedding dress that she wrestled in, right? Or was Graves just saying that? No, I don't think so. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I honestly, I don't remember the match very much. I'd say she was wearing a white attire and yeah. it was sure like a cold. wedding gown. It looked a lot like a wedding gown. I'm pretty sure Corey Graves was either joking when he said that was the wedding dress, but hey, with wrestling, and you never know. It could have been. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? But uh, a honeymoon phase that may end or may last for a while here. It gets We're getting into our main topic now, so here we go. Will WWE – oh, my gosh. Will WWE crowds eventually turn on Cody Rhodes like AEW crowds did? This is the question. This is the topic of discussion here today, the major topic of discussion, J.O., and uh, we have differing differing point of views on this, so I uh, want you to get into yours first. So my initial thoughts are no, they won't, because I'm thinking, because I'm thinking this that depending on how they book Cody Rhodes' character and how they want him to come back into the WWE. If they keep him as, 
I don't know. I, I kind of liken it to what CM Punk was becoming like later on in his WWE career, like the voice of the voiceless and that, like that big rebel character. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that if they book Cody Rhodes similar to that, they won't turn on him. Interesting. Well, and I was watching his promo today on Monday Night Raw with Miz, and his entrance is a little bit overblown, just, just saying. There was a lot, there was way too much pyro. He had like three <laughs> different things of pyro during his entrance. It was, it was a little ridiculous. Three or four, actually. But, uh, it's like, save that for mania. I digress. But, uh, <laughs> He was talking like wrestling. He was talking about titles. And he was saying rest. He was saying wrestlers, and Miz was like correcting him, saying superstars. And he was saying titles, and there's like they're well, no, they're saying he was saying belts, and Miz corrected him by saying titles. It was kind of like I said, like you were saying, he said kind of like the outsider on that sort of thing. Yeah, because he came from a different world not came from a different, well, he was, he was in a different world for quite a while for six years being on the Indies and eventually in uh, AEW as one of the founding members of the company. But I got a different point of view on this. I think they will. If you remember Seth Rollins is a 20, was it 2018, 2019 run where he took, he took down Brock Lesnar but then his first mm. few feuds were not very good. As champion, fans eventually started turning on Seth at that point. And he was also not endearing himself in the public eye very much because he was making comments about Will Ospreay, uh, talking about him being not in the big leagues and WWE being the best professional wrestling in the world, yada, 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 people not buying into that. And... uh that kind of thing. Cody's character is cool for only for so long. And what he did in AEW here, like AEW, the beginning of AEW, he was one of the hottest characters going on in wrestling. No one can deny that. Nobody. You're right. Like he had a, the epic Dustin, him and his brother having that epic bloody battle at Double or Nothing, the inaugural pay per view for AEW. One of the, the still probably the best match in the company's history, and that's crazy to think three years later it's still probably up there with their best matches. Um, but his character and his feud with Jericho that was great. But the issue was his character after that, after the initial run. It never evolved, really. Never changed. Like, crowds like at the beginning were loving Cody. Absolutely loving his fire and passion for AEW. But, like, later on, fans were yearning for something new. Because they weren't getting it. They were just getting the same old promos from Cody every single time. And they weren't connecting. And they wanted something different, which gave him Alistair, not Alistair Black, but uh, Malachi Black. And fans just wanted him to turn heel. And he just wouldn't. And if Cody's character doesn't evolve over time in in WWE, which I don't know if it's going to, if it, I have a feeling it's not going to for a while, and that could cause a major issue moving forward. 
See, because I'm thinking the reason, so having the so the, having that Cody Rhodes couldn't compete for uh, the the main championship, I feel kind of put them in a tough spot booking-wise, and I think that's one of the reasons he couldn't really progress as a character. But he won't he won't have that problem in WWE, obviously. So I'm thinking we could see this Cody as a top tier champion and give the fans an opportunity to see what that looks like. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting how long WWE waits to pull the trigger if they do pull it. Because you never know, change it they they could change their minds in an instant. This this seems like that's the plan to get the belt or belts that is that uh, on Cody eventually as Roman have him take him off Roman, but uh, we'll see about that. But I, 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 and my point is with the Cody crowds were wanting him to turn heel. He never, like he never evolved, but if you notice over time in AEW, the main, the main people that were in charge, the EVPs, the bucks, Kenny and Cody, of those four, Cody never changed, and that led to the fans turning on him. The Bucks changed, even though Bucks and Kenny Omega changed their characters. They turned heel, which gave them a new kind of spark. It didn't keep them in one place stagnant all the time. It, they, they kind of moved on, and it was creating more, I don't know, it was more interest around them, Well, whether it's heat or goodwill. But it was more heat for them. Um, and Cody was having he, – he was getting very mixed reactions by the end of his run in AEW. But it is, it's all this is all dependent on crowds. It's all dependent on how WWE books Cody's run. I just – I don't have a ton of faith in the, in the company right now. But they start – they're getting a little – I got a little bit of goodwill back, but not much. It's going to take a while. But it, it's all going to depend on if they let him evolve his character a little bit. Because this is exact, like literally, this is a carbon copy of the Cody Rhodes we saw in AEW. Like literally the same character. I know it's introduced to a new audience, but that character doesn't change over time. Crowds are going to start giving him mixed reactions. And how do you even think they want him to come in as in WWE? Is he going to be, if he's going up against Reigns, eventually he has to stay the face, even though that's what he has been these past few years. I Yeah, I, that, no, I, I know he's going to stay the face, but he's got to kind of, I don't know how it's going to be all how WWE does it, but they've got to, shift his character in some certain way to adjust because Roman is the Roman's the cash cow right now, dude. He is wrecking everybody. There is nobody in freaking sight that has a chance in hell against him right now. Nobody. Cody's one of the options and Drew McIntyre is one of the options, but they have got, they are going to, it's going to take a while for those guys to get built up. Yeah. Cause right now Roman's in a Roman reigns is in a feud with going to be, it looks like he's setting up for a feud with Shinsuke Nakamura. That's what they set up on SmackDown last week. And I don't think they're going to give Shinsuke the push like that. 
And it's kind of felt, it feels like it's out of nowhere. I, I understand with the Rick Boogs thing, Rick Boogs being out and the, the Usos winning the tag, well, retaining the tag titles at WrestleMania. It was something for Shinsuke to do, but, but really they're going to have to, like I, like I said, Cody's character has to evolve in some way in order to take down Roman. It can't be just this fiery baby face cuts these super passionate promos all the time kind of guy. He's got to, he has to figure out how to flip a switch somewhere. And if WWE doesn't do that, it, crowds may turn on him. It's all about the chase. It, a lot, a lot of babyface champions. It's all about the chase and not the so much afterward because it's, it loses its luster afterward. The chase. It's like, oh, he slayed the giant. Now what happens next? Now what? Yeah. It's it's so it's so much easier to book heel champions than it is uh, for babyface champions. So if Cody does like win the title, will crowds turn on him then? Cause it'll be cutting the same kind of promos over and over again. That's, that's where I'm, that's kind of where I go. Cause, cause like what Seth Rollins, as like I said, that's my prime example of Seth Rollins because he was one of the hottest baby faces going WWE at that time. Cause he took down Brock Lesnar and he was going to just get end the reign of tyranny for Brock, but fans eventually turned on him. What makes you think that WWE fans won't turn on Cody at some point and not by like Cody's own volition. It's just fans are tired of it. Okay. That's true. I will give you that. I'll give you that one. What else would you got? What would else you'd say for no? Cause I already talked about how, uh, it'd be something new that the fans initially wanted. And as long as they can book it, but I'm thinking, cause, cause I'm thinking that in the, in the beginning, and I, I know he didn't really have that much now that for all we know that the reason Cody didn't want to update his character, didn't want to change his character was because, you know, at, at some time at the at AEW, you know, it was his ultimate call. Like he could have said, "Yeah, I'm changing my character." Or, no, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna change my character. Um, he like, like I, I understand he's built that brand as the American Nightmare over the past six years, so people like can identify with that. I, I get that point. Yeah, but I'm hopefully thinking with his move to WWE, and he's not necessarily calling the shots like he used to initially. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that if he does change, like he'll be willing to, because I I still think that the best way to do it is to try to do it like a CM Punk kind of style. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it makes kind of a renegade kind of attitude in a way. Right. And if, you know, it's, of course, it's going up against Roman Reigns, like a WWE guy through and through. And I think the fans want that. Like, I from even though Roman is uh, still, you know, on top of the world, people are ready to see someone challenge him, and probably by extension of that, challenge just WWE. He he's been so champ I'm, for a year and a half. Yeah, a damn near long time. Like so, like a lot of people are still loving it, but what what other people are kind of like 
it's the same thing over and over again. Right. Nothing's really changing. It's just Roman beating people up and winning. That's about it. Or dirty they, finish they, or some kind of interference or something like that. Yeah. It's every single match. So they established he's dominant like quite some time ago. Like he could he could lose and then we won't think any less of of Roman. But like at this point, WWE's built him up so much that uh like who's gonna beat him? Who has a chance in hell? Say Cody Rhodes eventually, hopefully. We hope. And I and and it's not that I'm saying that I I hope they turn on Cody, because I don't. I'm a big fan of Cody. I love Cody Rhodes. I've all I, I've been a huge fan of him. I, I like since his run on the indies and ring of honor and stuff. I I've, I've enjoyed what he's been doing. He's been doing a great job, it's, especially in that early run in AEW, man. That was, I, I was probably the biggest Cody fan at that point. I was a big giant Cody fan. I I'd been following along as he was going through the indies and ring of honor. And then he won the NWA world title at one point I was following that. But then once he got to AEW and they created that classic rope match with Dustin Rhodes, you and I both watched that. By the way, yep. what a match! That. What a match! Like I was like, man, I love the Cody Rhodes right now. But by the end of it, I was just like, dude, just turn heel. Fans just want it. Just turn heel. But that never happened, unfortunately. But I hope the best for his WWE run. We both hope he eventually wins the WWE title because that was one thing he did not get during his first run. And the dude, the dude's been consistent. He's been consistently good for such a long yeah. time. Say, so I would love to see him get the belts, two belts. Are they going to? Are they going to give Roman a new belt? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I would love that for him. He definitely deserves it. Long overdue, in my opinion. And, and it's for his dad. His for his dad because his dad never won the belt. But if he could win it, it's kind of some kind of vindication for him. And I, 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 just, I hope, I hope WWE does well and does this right. I don't know how they're going to do it right, but they need to find a way to do this right. Keep Cody hot. Keep Cody as that baby face because that is the only guy right now outside of Drew McIntyre that has a shot in hell at unseating Roman. Yep. Like there is no one in sight right now. Do they wait until SummerSlam for Roman to lose the title? That's a good question. As for for this, for you, you mentioned the buildup. I think it has to be at a, a, a pay-per-view like SummerSlam. Because it feels like almost SummerSlam sometimes is bigger than WrestleMania in a way. That's the number two show. It's the number two show. It's not bigger than WrestleMania, but it's a very... Royal Rumble's not even number two anymore. It's SummerSlam that's number two on WWE's paper, pay-per-view schedule. Right, I would agree with that. And uh, But J.O. and I have differing opinions on this, but uh, it, it, was, it was an interesting, fun chat on uh, seeing if WWE crowds are going to turn on Cody Rhodes or not. Me, yes. J-O, no. But it, it was a fun conversation, man.
Yeah, yeah. I would say I like. It's 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 always a it's always a good time when we have a little different opinions. Yeah, and it's what's what's fun. What's what's the fun of having the same opinion on something? Right. It's like, not very agree? fun. Oh, yeah, no. it's like it's just basically. Do you agree? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's about but, it. There's no conversation okay. afterward, really. <laughs> it, it makes for an interesting conversation. It makes you interested in what's going to happen moving forward. Because, like we said, we're both very interested in what happens moving forward, how WB books Cody Rhodes, uh, the American nightmare, as they like to say. Uh, I'm looking, look, we're both looking forward to that. Hopefully, WWE, this is a shot in the arm for WWE and gets them back in the right direction booking wise. But we'll see what happens there. But uh, coming up next week, on Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show, we're going to be diving into a little bit of a different topic. So we're going to go off the uh, kind of off format a little bit, not too far off format. We're still st- we're still sticking with professional wrestling in a way. We will be talking about our top five movies featuring professional wrestlers. So they don't have to be the stars of the movie; they can be, but they, they there has to be professional wrestlers in the movie. And we'll name our top five here next week. This idea was uh, brought up by J.O. Fantastic idea, man. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's going to, I could, I have a feeling it can be, this one's, this this one could be a lot of fun. This one could be a lot of fun. Cause you got to think about it. In the, in the realm of history, there has been so many movies featuring professional wrestlers and there's movies you don't even think about. that actually feature professional wrestlers. Right, like the one you gave me a sneak peek of. I can't believe I didn't think of that one either, but yeah, there's a lot of good ones. So it's going to be a a hell of a conversation next week, so I'm really looking forward to that one. Coming up next week on Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show, top five movies, each of our top five movies featuring professional wrestlers. That'll be on Spotify, Podbean, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to find it on Sig Daddy's wrestling show. And uh, before we go, J.O., where can people find you, man? You guys can find me out on Instagram and Twitter at Jeremy Ordas, all lowercase. All righty, then. You can find Sig Daddy's wrestling show on Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Sig Daddy Wrestle and on Instagram at SigDaddy.Wrestle. Until next time, That's J.O. I'm Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund saying thank you for listening and so long, everybody.